This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast is available for you everywhere you download your favorite podcasts. Today on the show, Scott Moyer, the figure skater. He's on, you know, Test of Virtue, Scott Moyer, the Olympic champions. He's on the podcast just like he was on the show. Hashtag my home is Canada is the campaign that he's working with some great Canadian companies. We have Are You Okay on the podcast, social media crap and pranks. A lot of fun. Um, pranks are awesome until they get people hurt and until it gets really weird. So we talk about that on the podcast as well. Throwback Thursday, 2016, news stories, songs, and more. And in case you missed it with Ryan O'Donnell and the naked gun, you don't want to miss it. Through all things COVID, I don't know about you, but I have absolutely seen days where, I don't know, not lose my mind. That, that, would, be, that would be extreme. But there are some confusion days through all this, right? I mean, there's some days when I think you get to a point when you're in your place and you, you kind of stop and you go, what am I supposed to do here? Like there's this confusion that we need to deal with through change. And maybe that's just a change thing. There's a guy who's uh, working on an initiative with a great big team of people and he knows how to deal with change. I think that if you look at his uh, athletic career, change has been sort of always been there. And then you kind of get to the point where you have to decide what you're going to do next too. Scott Moyer joins us now. Uh, Ice dance champion is what they call it. Figure skater, uh, Tessa Virtue, Scott Moyer. You will remember those two names together. Do you ever have to introduce yourself, Scott, and include Tessa's name so it connects for people? And they're like, Scott Moyer, athlete. I know that name. And you say, yeah, Scott Moyer, Tessa Virtue. And then they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. You know what? It never hurts to drop Tessa's name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I used to have to say that, and uh, especially with my buddies. Um, yeah, they, they like to bring that up that uh, I was just I lucky to be uh, close enough to the stratosphere of Tessa and uh, just hang on for a couple of years. But yeah, thanks for having me on today. I'm pretty excited. Uh, that's beautiful. We should get you a Yes, I Know Tessa t-shirt. <laughs> that would be great, eh? I think that would sell. That would sell well for me. Yeah, there you go. That could be the uh, that could be the post post-retirement plan for you <laughs> at least at least there's one <laughs> yeah that's good so are, i mean are you retired from skating now is that official yeah. should we yeah we are officially retired so we we retired from uh, olympic skating um olympic competition i guess after the pyeongchang games in uh, 2018 and we're fortunate enough to be able to tour the country a couple times really celebrate uh 22 years of skating together and, and 22 years of uh, representing the country and kind of with our teammates as well. We came up with some, I would say, pretty fantastic Canadian skating icons. Um, you know, Patrick Chan, Caitlin Osmond, to say the least. So uh, we, we were able to tour the country with them, go to Japan and tour the world uh, on a couple tours. And um, at one point, you know, it, it was very, very natural for Tess and I. We looked at each other and we we're like, I just don't have the same passion for this. And we always said we wanted to do it when we loved it. Um, and at one point, we knew we had to, to work really hard um, to be able to deliver the quality of skating that we want our fans uh, to see and, and kind of hopefully they'd come accustomed to. And uh, with other things coming up in our lives, uh, we, we, I don't know if we just weren't willing to do that, but we didn't want to see the work suffer. And mostly we didn't want it to become work. So that's where the decision to retire came. Um, it was really about the Olympic Games for Tess and I. Uh, once the drive of that Olympic title of, um, you know, of representing our country and, and being Canadian was gone, um, we were skating for our fans. And then after that, it was time to say goodbye. Well, and it must be incredibly conflicting 
when you look at that other person who you've invested so much of your life into, you know, that is, I mean, I, I maybe, maybe a business partner would understand that. I mean, you're looking at yeah. this business partner and you're looking at them and you wouldn't be who you are today without that person. Everything you know is sort of getting up in the morning and seeing that person first thing in the morning when you get to work. And then now you're making the cognitive decision to say, all right, sister, I, you know, there's nothing wrong here, but maybe it's time to push pause. Like that must well, be so difficult. It, that was an interesting part. And I mean, I think it was, uh, at the beginning of our conversations, uh, I don't know. It's hard to, to kind of compare our relationship, but it, it really was a business partnership. I mean, we had 22 years, we grew up together. Um, there's a lot of real love there. We weren't romantically involved, but we, we love skating with each other. We love each other on a deep level still do. Um, but, uh, to be to press the brakes, it, it's a little bit strange, and uh, I think we kind of waltzed around it um, for a couple of, of you know conversations, and then eventually, once one person was just like, "I just don't feel it anymore," it was kind of like, "Oh, thank God, me neither." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but our career was like that, you know. When I look back and think about how fortunate we were, we were fortunate uh, even as little kids. We, we were kind of always on the same page that way. Uh, when we won juvenile as uh, I don't even know how old we were, 10 and eight or maybe 11 and nine. And um, then we just wanted to win pre-novice. We knew that it just kind of came naturally for us every year. Our parents would sit us down and be like, okay, so do you want to skate this year? And we both look at each other and be like, are you guys nuts? Like we have to, we can't wait. We're going to win novice. Then we're going to win junior. And then the Olympics were announced. We're going to go to the Olympics. And so even when we decided to come back for one more kick at the can at the Olympics, we both wanted to do it. Uh, and I think that's kind of, hopefully that speaks to the strength of our partnership is uh, we always had this parachute clause where I only wanted to do it and understood that I wanted to do it only if Tessa really wanted to do it. Yeah. And almost like we respected each other's opinion um, more than our own. Uh, I remember when we came up with the idea to skate to Moulin Rouge at the Olympics, I didn't believe in it until I saw how excited Tessa was about it. So um, yeah, a business p uh, partnership, but which isn't over. Um, I mean, I, I miss Tessa dearly. This one suffers in the lockdown their own way, but we're in separate bubbles right now. So, I mean, in 23 years, we haven't gone this long without seeing each other. It's so, so, so strange. Uh, but ultimately, we had other goals that we wanted to accomplish personally. Um, I Tessa is doing her MBA right now, uh, Queens, which I'm so proud of. And that was a big part for me. You know, like I really love touring and seeing our fans. But when Tessa was like, well, should I go to school? And I know she talked about that for a long time. I was like, you have to. Uh, that's when it made sense to me. And, and I wanted to start a figure skating school in my hometown. And uh, so there's a lot of things and a lot of other goals that we just simply couldn't do everything. Hmm. Well, you are doing things now. You've partnered up with a whole new group. Um, the hashtag mm -hmm. is my home is Canada. So it's uh, it's a marketing campaign to bring Canada together and Clubhouse, uh, the seasoning company. I think that's safe. McCormick Canada. They've um, <laughs> they, they've 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 really sort of gotten behind this marketing campaign to share from home, sort of like you described, right? Everyone's in their bubbles. How do we share that? So tell us about this and what's your intention behind it? Like, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, and, and I was one of the fortunate things about uh, our position and being able to connect with so many Canadians is uh, we get to work with, with great Canadian companies uh, like Clubhouse, who's 135 year history in London, Ontario, us being born and, and raised in the London area. Uh, it was a, a fitting partnership and, this initiative is, is, isn't crazy complicated, uh, but it comes at a great time uh, when, 
you know, it has been, it's been a heavy year, uh, kind of turning over the, the calendar into 2021. Everyone's looking for some hope. And, and I think kind of the blue days are, are just starting to drag here. Uh, and, you know, the, the novelty, if there ever was such a thing of, of a lockdown and staying home is really wearing off. So this campaign is, is really to bring a little bit of light. Uh, is to just give people a little opportunity to, to remind ourselves. And it's worked even, even on me, like, Hey, it's, we're still so fortunate to have this great country to be able to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe slow down a little bit. Uh, we've had a lot of great pictures come in, uh, the idea behind the campaign and uh, really the initiative. I'm not really a campaign guy. So I keep calling it the initiative, uh, is just to document what makes us Canadian and what people feel like, um, makes us Canadian. Obviously, a big part of being Canadian is the people. Um, so we want to kind of see what people think makes them Canadian. And uh, being in such a diverse, beautiful country, um, there's a lot of opportunities, whether it's culinary. Uh, we've had a lot of great scenic uh, pictures. And really, you just go, if it's inside your house, if you can't get out, and I know a lot of people are, are kind of stuck in that situation, but um, it's whatever you think it is. And, and we're looking for people to be creative, take a picture, and then use the hashtag on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. My home is Canada. Uh, pour le Français, chez moi c'est le Canada.ca is the website. And so, I mean, just just share with us, and then we're going to make a, we're going to take these pictures, combine them together, uh, and make a spiritual light show. That's very cool. Yeah, it's very, it's cool. very so- simple, but it's, it's I think, uh, hopefully it, it kind of is a little bit of a motivation. I know I when I did so. my first picture, like I, I was like, okay, I better do something. What's Canadian. You know, I was going to go out on the snowmobile, but in, in Southwestern Ontario right now, I can't believe I'm saying this because in places there's too much snow, but yeah. we don't have as much snow as I wish we did. So I got out, it was by the fire in the winter and I got out there and it's like, Oh crap. Like this is awesome. Like, I forget even just being outside and force myself to do something a little different. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get a chance to enjoy it. So hopefully even if it does that for one or two people, I'd say it's worth it. Well, it does bring up for me how wonderful and gorgeous our country is. I, you know, I, um, I, I look at it from, from that perspective. Every year I like to go to Hawaii. It's my favorite place to go. I don't go the fancy route. Um, I like to have a nice bed to sleep in, but I will go to all of the places that the normal tourists don't go. It's just yeah. my favorite place on the, on the planet. But th- what, what not being able to go this year has made me really look at, well, where haven't I gone in my own country? Right. So what I see when I look at these pictures that are on, on the website for everybody, if you want to link it up, by the way, it's my home is Canada.ca again. Um, you know, you can see some places where you're like, oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, Vancouver and, and the, the Olympic uh, spot down by the water there, you, you can see where the cauldrons were. Like that stuff's, okay, cool, I've seen that. But then, you know, I haven't seen the Far East, right? Like I haven't, there's so many places that to go to where, and I know it's amazing, but yet it's not been on my hit list and I don't understand why. So this does get me thinking about maybe traveling in Canada and dedicating some time to that. I feel a, a bit the same way, actually. Um, I was I was talking the other day, I forget with who, but uh, about how I, you know I've never really been up to the territories. I've never been to Northwest Territories. I've never been to Yukon. You know, and, um, a big part of our country uh, that's really, really vast and beautiful. I I want to take it in. Tessa actually made me jealous. Uh, she did a a trip up there, and, and I. 
That's the one corner I haven't been to. Uh, but I will say the East is unbelievable. The West is unbelievable. Central mountains. I mean, that's what makes Canada so neat. It's so different. Uh, yeah. and, and getting into all these different little corners. I mean, and seeing the personality uh, come out in all these little corners, it makes it so cool. So, yeah, that's what I like about the pictures, too. Like, you can kind of tell, even without looking at the captions, where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, so is there, are there any deadlines? So what's the deadline to this? Is there a timeline on any of it that, that uh, I didn't catch here? Good question. Uh, there, there was a deadline. It was the 19th of January. So we're past that. And oh, good. Uh, we've convinced. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eh? But we've, we've decided that we're going to open it up for a couple more days. We, we really like the material coming in. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun online interacting with some people. Uh, something I probably don't do enough, being able to, to use social media for its positive. Um, be able to reach out and, and chat with the fans. And so we're opening it up for a couple more days. I don't know if we're going to have a hard... Um, like a hard deadline, uh, but you definitely have a, a day or two more. So, you know, Perfect. if you have that picture that you want to get and, and send in, uh, there's a good chance it'll still be uh, included. Yeah, I know there are a couple of photographers that are um, that are listening to the show and they're, they're going to appreciate that. They contribute all the time. So get in on it. My home is Canada. The hashtag my home is Canada. If you want to search it, uh, that's also a great way to do that. And if nothing else, go look at all the pictures I think it's safe to say thanks to uh, all the folks at Clubhouse and McCormick Canada and all of the Canadian companies that get involved in this and other things. Um, that's pretty cool. Scott Moyer uh, here for conversation with us. Uh, you know, I'd love to have you come back in the show. I'm a little surprised you don't have your tight pants on, but whatever. I know. I know. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's abnormal for me, but uh, they just don't fit quite the same as they used to. I was going to say post-COVID, <laughs> do the tight pants even fit? Are you like yeah. me? Have you graduated to sweatpants only and elastic waistbands? Uh, you know what? Like uh, for, for figure skaters or athletes, like you live in, you live in leisure wear or whatever. Like I remember when I retired, like just being able to put on grown up clothes was nice, right? Cause you put on a, a pair of sweatpants and head to the rink and uh, that's your Monday to Friday, which isn't a bad gig. So at home, you know, I'm usually a blue jean guy, um, but it's amazing. Like I really do feel like the guy, uh, uh, men and women who are on the panels for NHL playoffs, you know, with their suits and, uh, and then on the bottom, they have their board shorts on. I always yeah. have the, the look going and I have to make sure there's not a uh, reflection where you can see me <laughs> no pants reflection on. in the mirror. Yeah. Oh man, it's a beautiful thing. Will you keep us up to date with what you're uh, getting up to here? Cause I love this initiative. And obviously yeah. we spoke to about change. We spoke about change off the top there. And um, you know, there's, there's a lot of change coming for what's next for you. Is there any uh, insight of what you're up to? For sure. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of exciting things um, for us. Uh, I think a big part after the Olympic Games was, you know, trying to be a contributing member of my family again. Uh, you know, as an athlete, you, there's so many sacrifices that your, your family takes. So uh, I'm happy to be kind of back in my, my hometown of Ilderton, Ontario, close to my mom and dad, or I can uh, help out here and there and see my nieces and nephews. Um, but also I'm starting, a, a an elite ice dance school here in the London area. And, uh, we're very excited about it. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to bring some world-class, uh, more world-class athletes to our country, uh, to train here and hopefully influence our, our Canadian athletes to, to go for the opportunities that we were able to have. And that, that I'm super pumped about, um, on a personal note, I'm one of those people who was supposed to get married during, during COVID, uh, didn't happen. I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting, getting that, uh, 
going. I hope, I don't know if it'll be this summer now, probably next and uh, starting our own family. Wow. Wow, man. Change all enough? over the place. Is that enough? <laughs> I feel That's like I'm getting so stressed out just, just talking hearing about, about it? all that. Hey? Oh man, <laughs> we might need to have a drink. Um, <laughs> well, thanks so much. So we've passed the deadline. Yeah. Right. What is the new deadline? It used to be like, it's four o'clock and it's happy hour somewhere. And now I, I, I will admit that I did confess that even just last weekend, I, uh, I was watching hockey and I had an Irish whiskey, uh, <laughs> in, in a glass and yeah. I just got tired. So I went to sleep, but I didn't take the glass off of my nightstand because I finished watching the hockey game in bed. And I, I did admit to the audience that I actually woke up in the morning and I was like, well, you don't want to waste it. Yeah. Well, at least it's Irish whiskey, right? Like that. It's neat. You can, you, it's still going to be sitting there looking at you. It's not like a, a flat beer or a mixed drink that just looks like crap in the morning. Exactly. That thing's still primed and ready to go. So well, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, a little kickstart in the morning. It was right. a little interesting that day, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm, I swear to God, it winked at me when I got up. So I was like, <laughs> I'll just take it. I hockey back, I will say that. It's a lot of work for all these people to put the work in, uh, bubbles and all that. But I am enjoying having uh, the NHL back. Yeah, me too. I agree. Scott Moyer, um, you can check it out once again. My Home is Canada, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the spots. MyHomeIsCanada.ca to see it as well. Thanks so much, Scott. Look forward to chatting again, brother. Yeah, anytime. Thank you. This is the Shift Podcast. How's the moon dial doing there, Maddie? That's a good question. Um, uh, wow. Wow. I was, I'm surprised. Yeah, because the, uh, the moon dial is a little bit underwater at the moment. <laughs> uh, there's been an incident at CKNW. It's taken on and, water. Uh, yeah. And uh, the studio's taken on water here because of a plugged toilet. So full let's see where this goes. Full disclosure, not me. Uh, it was broken when I got here. And just to be clear, if Matt starts talking and uh, we hear a bubble, what he's talking, we know that the water got too high. Are you okay? You can share your thoughts on all of these. 877-399-9898. Are you okay with social media? Um, I mean, like any communication tool, you can use it to keep in touch with people. Um, especially from a long distance away. But I think also, like any communication tool, you can use it for evil or mainly just doing stupid stuff, you know? Mm. And it's it almost mm. seems like a necessary thing to, like, uh, to have to keep in touch with people. I, I personally still don't like it, but that's also like, a you know, a junkie complaining that they don't like their drugs, so... That's true. That, rant over. Yeah, rant that's over. A, that's a that was a good rant though. I think I I agree with you. I I enjoy social media for what I can get out of it, and uh, this show would sound a lot different if social media did not exist. Uh, but there's a lot of awful, horrible things on there that's hard to avoid. But then again, I saw things today like there's a parody account of Zellers on Twitter, and they tweeted at Bernie Sanders f- f- not that long ago. Sorry, Bernie Sanders, we're out of grilled cheese right now, and it's the picture of Bernie from Inauguration Day just sitting in a Zeller's restaurant. It's great. <laughs> Stuff like that makes me smile. So in that context, all for social media. All of the Bernie Sanders memes uh, make me laugh. There was somebody had taken a picture of the big blue ring in Calgary, which is an art piece in the middle of nowhere that is ugly, and it's literally a uh, big blue ring with a light standard on top. 
And there's a picture of a bicycle leaning against the blue ring and somebody superimposed Bernie Sanders sitting there in the cold uh, waiting for something. So, yes, from that perspective and the playfulness of, of social media, I get it. But the trolling, I, I'm not a big fan of the trolling. In Vancouver, police are warning against daredevil social media stunts after videos posted to Instagram show at least one young man jumping off the Camby Bridge. This is Grace Key. A dangerous stunt posted on social media shows a man leaping from Vancouver's Camby Bridge. They posted a similar stunt at Lonsdale Key in November. Vancouver police say this particular incident doesn't appear to be criminal in nature. It's an excellent example of um, risky behavior that um, sadly is uh, we're seeing more of in the city as people are trying to get themselves noticed and you know, become viral. The stunt comes just days after searches found the body of 21-year-old solo avid traveler Nikki Donnelly at Cypress Provincial Park. She posted a video of herself on St. Mark's Summit. An hour later, she called her boyfriend saying she was lost. Her body was eventually found in a steep drainage area. In 2018, three people died falling from one of the pools at Shannon Falls. Their group posts adventures on social media. Three of them were banned from U.S. federal lands for five years and two spent a week behind bars when they wandered near a hot spring at Yellowstone National Park. There's always been the idiot who's um, going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, right? It's like that sort of attention-seeking stunt has been with us for centuries. And yet social media seems to be uh, broadening the appeal of that sort of thing, but also upping the ante for people. You hear the stories about people that. getting to the edge of the, the cliff, right? And they're trying to get the photo from above, and it looks like they're hanging off the cliff. And there's a lot of photo trickery that people do, and then other people don't know it's trickery, kind of like the Tide Pods thing. And you then all of a sudden... Um, you're, you're out and, and you're, and people are falling. People are dying. People are doing all kinds of things. And I even had this conversation with my kids just recently where I was like, you know, that that's fake, right? Like they're the, a lot of those things are edited together. They're not even real, but some people got to get that selfie from that high place. Um, very scary. I mean, Ryan, you're a millennial. You must have done it. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever done. Like what? The, what the dumbest picture I've ever, the closest I've ever come to taking a risky picture in a location was, uh, you know, when you take the gondola at, you can take a gondola up to the a mountain in Banff, and you can walk this beautiful trail. And there's one place where it's like a steep drop off of gravel. I stood far away from the steep drop off. That's the closest I've been to a dangerous uh, social media uh, point. But I mean. You know, I live in Calgary. There's not too many, you know, sketchy places where you can take cliff diving pictures around me. But I don't know. I don't see the appeal of that. Make something actually funny or entertaining and go viral that way. Not look at me. Look what I can do. Yeah, well, or, or do what the rest of the Internet does with take a picture of a woman in yoga pants of her butt on a mountaintop. Because that's the picture that everybody apparently wants to share on social media these days. If you ever climb a mountain, make sure you. Whoa, was that me? Sorry about that. Take a picture <laughs> and uh, make sure that you uh, you uh, you show a picture of a butt and have your email bling. I think that's what uh, I sent you a picture of that butt. So there you go. Is that what it was? That was you emailing me? Yeah. Uh, hey, Shane, here's a picture of my butt on a mountaintop. Thanks, Matt. 
You're welcome. Well done. It's very nice. Photoshop. Um, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay with bananas? Not really. Uh, I mean, they're good for you. I mean, potassium and all that. But uh, I don't like the taste. And yeah, and the and the peel is a hazard. Hazard. It, it's a hazard. It's a great. It's great for jokes. But I don't love the taste anymore. I did when I was a kid. But I don't know. I've kind of. You know, but the, the, actually, if a banana is perfectly ripened, but there's only one day where it tastes incredible, and then after that, it starts getting gross. So it's just not worth the effort for me. Hmm. Unless like it's in bananas. banana bread. Take a little oh, Nutella. Banana bread's great. A little Nutella, melt it down into a bowl. Take banana slices and a fork. It's like a little chocolate fondue. It's beautiful. Okay, so are you okay with bananas if they were sent to you by this guy? <laughs> Bananas. So, in case you're wondering, that's Pablo Escobar from Narcos, the TV show. And so, imagine if your bananas arrived and it says, Return to sender Pablo Escobar or someone else of his hmm, industry. A Kelowna, uh, Kelowna RCMP international drug investigation has now concluded in which over 20 kilograms of cocaine, 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 I forget how they said on the show. Cocaina. Uh, were found Very inside good. two banana shipments. The discovery happened on February 24, 2019, when two separate Kelowna grocery stores both found what they believe to be large bricks of illicit drugs. The first discovery was at a Kelowna grocery store when staff found 12 large bricks of drugs hidden in their banana shipment, which uh, is interesting to think that someone showed up at a drug deal with a bucket full of bananas because they grabbed the wrong box. (laughs) 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 That's an awkward conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Or to think that drugs are smuggled in such simple things that we use every day and we don't know that. I mean, you go grab your banana... And uh, you're going to need to wash your hands after you grab your banana because you could be covered in co- cocaine. Cocaine. What did you say? Cocaina. 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 Corporal Jeff Carroll of the Kelowna RCMP drug section says the drug section of the Kelowna RCMP street enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> That's word for word. Oh, I love who's it. on? Who's on first here? What the heck? And they wonder why the RCMP costs so much money. Okay, let me try that again. <laughs> It's been a long day, folks. What a oh. screw up. Okay, no, this is literally what was written. Whew, okay, Corporal Jeff Carroll of the Kelowna RCMP drug section says the drug section of the Kelowna RCMP street enforcement unit worked collaboratively with the Canadian Border Services Agency to determine that the shipments originated in Colombia. They spent all yeah. that money with all of those groups to be able to figure out that the cocaine came from Colombia. I mean, Your cocaine can come work. from all over, but I mean, uh, bananas, come on, if tropical, gonna, tropical fruit, and if it, you're going to roll I imagine the dice, that was probably their first thing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's a big investigation for you. If we were sitting here saying, 
I'm going to bet you beer and a can of Spam over where those drugs came from. Who's going to bet against Colombia? Right? Nobody. But it took the uh, Kelowna RCMP drug section and the uh, drug section of the Kelowna RCMP Street Enforcement Unit to work with Canada Border Services. A lot of manpower. And that, my friends, is why our taxes are so incredibly high. You know what we should do? Just sell the Coke. Put it back to the police budget. It's probably going to save us some money. Move along. All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with dramas? Um, I like my drama on TV and not in real life. Fair. Yeah. I actually, I'm a drama kid at heart. I love drama. I'm not going to lie. I live for it. I, I, when I was a kid, for sure, or in high school, every day, what's the tea? What's the drama? You know, I love it. Now, eh, it's more fun to watch it happen on RuPaul's Drag Race or something like that. But uh, I'm, I'm okay with drama as long as the, it's not over anything serious, you know? Like, well, I oh think my God, you we like need who? to clarify here. Are we talking about dramas? The show, or are we talking about drama? Drama. Okay. What just happened in the New Jersey Supreme Court would make a great episode of Law and Order. The court overturned a man's bank robbery conviction because of a prosecutor's reference to a horror movie. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. Here's Johnny. So, um, that's a every time that movie's on TV, like it's freaky. It's amazing. It is one amazing movie, and I don't like scary movies. Red Rum. I love that we had like in our previous segment we played a clip of Evil Dead, and now we've got The Shining. Yeah, yeah, yeah that worked out, didn't it? Yeah. And we Steve Stebbing's not even on until tonight. Holy cow! <laughs> so relaxing. All right, during closing arguments of his case in uh, court against Damon Williams, the prosecutor showed jurors a photo from The Shining depicting the scene you just heard. So it was a scene from the show. (laughs) The reference was meant to illustrate that actions can speak louder than words and support the prosecutor's contention that Williams should be convicted of a more serious offense, even though no threatening words are ever spoken to the bank teller in Camden County in 2014. The jury convicted Williams of second-degree robbery, which requires the use of force or the threat of force rather than the less serious crime of third-degree theft. Now, prosecutors argued that Williams' conduct before and after passing a note to a teller supported a more serious charge. United's uh, unanimous Supreme Court disagreed on Tuesday and said that the prosecutor must walk a fine line when comparing a defendant and an individual, uh, individual whom the jury associates with violence or guilt. Uh, Williams is currently serving a 14-year term for that can you imagine isn't that crazy so just to be clear like you go rob a bank you hand a note and then in court the prosecutor uses an image from that scene in the movie to scare the crap out of everybody and that works that seems like a whole new low man i I wish there was a camera i mean the cameras should not be in courtrooms but i wish there was one just to capture the look on William's face when he saw that come out, and he goes, "Are you serious?" And then everybody in the courtroom is like, "Hey, he's got a good point there." And then back, you know, back to jail. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. I'm pretty sure that would be where the WTF came from. Yish. Are you okay? 
with pranks? Um, I don't know. I think it's sometimes it's a little bit immature, personally. Yeah, a prank has to be really well done. Like, really topical, really funny, and everybody needs to be laughing at the end. Not just one of those, ah, ha, 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 thanks for the prank. Like, a real, okay, you got me good. I'm okay with those, but nine times out of ten, they suck. 877-399-9898. What is a good prank, then? Because a prank is usually at the expense of somebody. Right. And I would say that, you know, it's fun when it's your buddy and you pull a little prank on him. Like, let's pick something low pick fruit. You put a whoopee cushion under the pillow of the chair. Playful prank. Nobody gets hurt. Right. You're on the, you're on the trip with the buddies on the golf trip, whatever. You know, you put a little hot sauce in as Ryan Coke, but you got a new Ryan Coke sitting there. He takes a sip. Blah, that's terrible. Ha ha ha. Way to go, Billy. We got you, man. Here's your new Ryan Coke. I got you a double. Like that kind of, uh, that kind of pranks to me, those are fun, but sometimes they go way out of control. Some are creative, some are wholesome, some give everyone a good laugh. Prime examples in the 2000s Canadian TV show, Prank Patrol. Each episode, the hosts would meet up with kids and tell them, help them how to pull off insane pranks on their friends. Today, Dylan Miller joins the Prank Patrol. His mission, to create a werewolf with a hunger for his younger brother, Jake. Jake thinks Dylan hurt himself and is in the oh, hospital. Oh, my leg. No more playing doctor, all right? But Jake shouldn't worry about his big brother. He should worry about the werewolf that's in the next bed. Here we go. I watched that show every day as a kid. What was that? It was Pet Patrol? What was the other one that was there? That was a good one. Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol? Paw Patrol. That was the one. <laughs> that was a good show, too. Speaking of patrol shows. Anyway, so this one is not okay. According to a woman who narrowly fell for the prank, a group of teenagers put super glue in a hand sanitizer bottle and offered free squirts to shoppers in the U.K., uh, the boys are reportedly standing outside Morrison Supermarket at Five Lane Ends yesterday, uh, last night. They were spotted approaching different shoppers in turn, offering them free squirts from the branded hand sanitizer bottle. Hand sanitizer, squirt, squirt. Um, squirt, squirt. Uh, Kathy Smith said she almost accepted and has no doubts the boy with the bottle would have squirted it on her hands had she let them, but she stopped short when the group let out a laugh just before it happened. I heard one of the lads and laughing, and he said, effing super glue. Wow. That would be assault, wouldn't it? I don't know. Would that be assault? Because that's bodily harm. Uh, uh, you, I would maybe criminal mischief, but they're probably, you know, if they're youth. Uh, but, but that's like not If you cool. got stuck together, and if you couldn't you could get it apart. You that in court. Yeah. Um, I wonder how that would work. That's crazy. So it looks like nobody fell for it. Can you I imagine explaining that when your parents, when you screwed up? Yeah, what, like what, how, and I really hope that wasn't. We got to take this so that we can put it on TikTok, like one of those. Going back yeah. to the first, are you okay? Because that's just not cool. That's that's a bad prank. Make a fun prank, like tricking your brother into thinking you're trapped in a hospital with a werewolf. That's a prank. 
You know what would make this amazing? If we gave away free hand sanitizer, but it's super glue, and everybody was standing on a cliff. That would make it sick, man. Hey, <laughs> That goes back to the earlier conversation about are you okay with social media. Well, Tide, closing the loop on are you okay. This is the Shift Podcast. You know what it is? It's officially Thursday across the entire nation. That means we get to do Throwback Thursday here on The Shift. Now, I love that. This year that we're going to look at was not very far ago. Not many moons ago, my friends. Sometimes it's nice to go way back in time and reminisce about the good old days. Nay, nay, I say. Let's go back four years. Since the topic of the day yesterday was the inauguration of Donald Trump, we were curious in The Shift what life was like before Donald Trump. Does it seem a lot different? What were the news things? And what does it look like on a throwback Thursday to only go back four years? Now, technically, he became president in 2017, but really, it was 2016 was the time before he became president, right? So what was life like? Throwback Thursday style, 2016. So we've got a couple of stories here. COVID-19, we could do a throwback Thursday to 2020 January, really, probably feel a whole lot different. There's no question that one of the top stories of 2016 was the presidential race. The tone of the general election down in the States was widely characterized as divisive and negative. Trump faced controversies while Clinton's popularity and public image was damaged after the investigation of her emails. Inside Edition piled together the most notable moments from the campaign trail. Here's a flashback officially running for president of the United States. I am running for president of the United States. They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. If we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Get her out! Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Only Rosie O'Donnell. Breathe, breathe, breathe. You can do it. You can breathe. I I know it's hard. The American people are sick and tired of hearing about your damn emails. You okay? Go, go. This guy. Great, 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 great. Of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them. You have sacrificed nothing. I humbly and gratefully accept your nomination for the presidency of the United States. For president of the United States. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. <laughs> this has not been tampered with. To go back to them, or do you want to stay with Donald Trump? Trump. You can get the baby out of here. Get the baby out of here. He called this woman Miss Piggy. Then he called her 
Miss Housekeeping because she was Latina. Wrong. That is absolutely Wrong. proved over and over again. Wrong. He's either not that rich, Wrong. not that charitable, Wrong. or he's never paid taxes in his life. Warmer. <laughs> Grab him by the <laughs> I could do anything. But this was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. We are just hours away from the change you've been waiting for your entire life. Let's make history together. Thank you and God bless you. Well, she did make history, really. She's the one who lost to Donald Trump. Yeah. Being Hillary Clinton. That did not age well, did it? That did not age well. Okay, on the lighter side of the news, from 2016, our throwback... A video game was released that got millions of people to get outside their homes, uh, find and catch Pokemon. Pokemon Go. I think I was in Jasper when that really hit. We were on a hockey trip, and uh, all the, the hockey players were walking around Jasper at nighttime. Probably not safe in hindsight. It was one of the most used and most profitable mobile apps in 2016 that year. It was downloaded more than 500 million times worldwide. Here's a report from Global Toronto on the Pokemon Go craze. My favorite Pokemon is here, and i got to get it before someone else does. Pokemania is back. I'm having a lot of fun, actually. I really enjoy this we got to take this down, man. The popular 90s game Pokemon is making a comeback with a modern twist. Pokemon Go has only been out for less than a week, and it's already taking the gaming world by storm. It's 2016 now, and Pokemon's still this popular, and just getting a bunch of strangers coming together, and... Everyone's just like cooperating and having fun. The free virtual reality game app uses your phone's GPS to create an augmented reality where Pokemon live among us. Players are encouraged to walk around in the real world to collect Pokemon. I've never walked so much. There's places in the city I never discovered that were right behind me, and I had no idea until this game came out. On Monday night, over 100 Pokemon Go players gathered at the CN Tower, meeting complete strangers and exploring their city. So the first time ever, I actually learned about Toronto, specific areas I never heard about, making me walk like several kilometers to hatch an egg. It's, it's hilarious. That was Sparkle Pants. That sounds like Sparkle Pants, although they all sound like they're high on Red Bull or Monster Energy drinks. They're so fast in the way they were speaking. I remember when Pokemon Go came out and there was a video of a crowd in L.A. walking through the streets and Justin Bieber was in the crowd just walking, playing Pokemon Go, and nobody noticed he was there because everybody was face down on their phone. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. was cool. There you go. All right, 2016 Real Games brought more than 11,000 athletes from 270 nations, including Canada. Uh, together for sports, which we haven't seen in a while, at least of this nature. Uh, Canada won four gold medals in 2016 when swimmer Penny Oleksiak broke Canada's Olympic record for the most medals with four. She was 16 at the time, and here's the moment. She won gold from 2016, provided by CBC. Going for gold in lane number five. Penny Oleksiak doesn't have the power that these other women do. She's so young. If she can just get down close to them, she'll have a very, very good back half. I said Kate Campbell is going to go in very quick, and she certainly is doing that right now. From this shot, you can see her in the middle of the pool. Good, powerful stroking by the tall Kate Campbell from Australia. Of all eight of these women, Alexiak had the fastest back 50 in the semis at 26.93. We know she's a great closer. She's going to need it. She's in seventh spot at this point. She's down in the bottom right next to the Swedish swimmer. Campbell way out. Her sister up in lane number two, second from the left now from the overhead shot. Looks like she's got second place, but here comes everybody. She's got a silver, she's got two bronze. Alexia has the gold medal! 
Now, thinking back, here's a bit of an irony to it. The Rio Olympics were boycotted by some athletes over concerns of the Zika virus epidemic. However, according to the WHO, no athletes were infected with the virus. So think back four years ago and uh, the Zika virus being so scary. And here we are today. 2016 on our flashback. Uh, what city did you live in in 2016? 877-399-9898. What city did you live in? in 2016 the internet went wild in 2016 after gorilla at the cincinnati zoo was killed in may of that year a three-year-old boy climbed into a gorilla enclosure at the cincinnati zoo and was grabbed and dragged by harambe a 17 year old western lowland gorilla to protect the boy a zoo worker shot and killed harambe the gorilla became a meme that still stands the test of time today it's easy to find good morning america explained why harambe meme is so timeless why have these Harambe memes stood the test of time so well? Why are they so popular three months after the actual event? Vox.com says that every popular meme contains an element of genuine fun, but also contains elements of social commentary or ironic commentary on social issues. The Harambe memes check off both of those boxes. But what's in the future for the Harambe meme? Typically, memes die when brands get involved. Big companies trying to capitalize or monetize these existing fan bases and these already very popular characters. So, when a brand gets involved, the meme is dead. Internet users are over it because it's too mainstream. Dead. Done. Dead meme. But online, it seems like Harambe's legacy is safe and sound. It seems like his legacy is going to endure. The Harambe memes are going to last because brands won't touch it. It's too sensitive, too serious, too dark for big brands to want to publicize. 2016 throwback Thursday, Netflix and binge watching exploded that year with a very, very big pop culture phenomenon show easily recognized by its theme song. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Stranger Things, Stranger Things, Stranger Things. Uh, so popular, in fact, it was used as TV commercials for cable companies, all that kind of stuff. It was created by the Duffer Brothers, and it really did change streaming forever. It was uh, the first real, uh, real dig into just absolute binging the show. So the Duffer Brothers developed different series of a mix of detectives and dramas alongside supernatural elements portrayed by horror, science fiction, and childlike wonder. It was a little bit of superpower, a little bit of weird. Uh, it had a very 80s throwback vibe to it. And um, we still see that trend in stuff today, like movies and things. It's kind of cool. For the third seasons, Netflix revealed that the show had broken viewing records for Netflix with 40.7 million households having watched the show in its first four days. And 18.2 million already watched the entire series in that same time frame. Have you watched it? Did you watch all of it? All of it. Several times. Maddie? <laughs> I haven't watched one single second of it. Me neither. Really? I have, yep. my, I have my finger on the pop culture pulse, but the pulse is kind of not even 
on the it's, neck. It's more like on the, the stomach or it's literally nice. an My entire series of Dungeons and Dragons in the eighties that feels like a John Hughes movie. It's incredible. Please watch it. <laughs> There I'm is. getting antsy. You gotta watch it. It's so great. I, I have to. I have to catch up on Breaking Bad first, and then I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dive. So you're in still in 2014, then? Okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm a long way away. You got a lot of years to go. I have a lot of catching up to do. In 2016, Lin Manuel Miranda released a Broadway musical that broke enormous ground for theater, pop culture, and so much more. It even dipped its toe into politics. Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. And there's a million things I haven't done. But just you wait. Just you wait. A very soul filled R&B pop flavor. New re, I don't know, reinvention of the story and presented as in today style. Very cool. And uh, casted non-white actors as the Founding Fathers and other historical figures, too. At 2016 Tony Awards, Hamilton received record-breaking 16 nominations, won 11 awards. And yes, it is still possible to get tickets to go see the show if you do want to check it out. It's the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's right. Sneakers. The Donald. Ding. Oh, Wait. Stop. Hold the presses. Wait. I have an idea. What? Oh. You have an actual <laughs> ding. We have a ding now. Oh. Ding bottle. I love it. The, Fantastic. The special Let's effects. that on demand. Special effects budget just went through the roof. Yeah. And you always will be able to tell if, we, uh, if we're having a good night or not here. Because if I hit this one, then we'll know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I will look forward to it. Um. Before I get into in case you missed it, I just actually wanted to address a text from Catherine and Surrey who asked, I just realized Ryan's last name is the same as Rosie O'Donnell. Are you related? I wish. I am not related to Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, she's hilarious and her cameos on Kirby Enthusiasm are out of this world, but we are from different sides of the O'Donnell family. But I can pretend it because we have the same last name. So Yeah, no, he, you know. uh, he's, he's more related to Chris O'Donnell. Oh, nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Because you guys Very look nice. exactly the same. Yeah, a little bit. I get that a lot, actually. I also get Lawrence O'Donnell a lot, like the news reporter. There's a guy at 770 used to call me Lawrence all the time. Anywho, for today's tweets, I mean, I could do something on, on Mr. Bernie Sanders, but you just heard it there, and you've heard of all the memes, so I, I have instead something special to share with you, to read with you. So let's get into it. It's the tweet of the day. Yeah, I'm still really vibing with that new heavy beat. So I've done it twice already on the show. I've highlighted a comedian on Twitter named Keaton Patty. Keaton is an expert in writing great comedy. And one of the things he created, if you don't recognize the name, is a bot, a computer bot that can watch and listen to commercials and then create a script 
So he forces bots to watch a thousand hours of blank to create a script for it. So I've shown you before an Olive Garden one, which is fantastic, and a Trump one. Well, it turns out he has one for a Joe Biden speech. And with the inauguration, he is now officially president. I thought I would read to you a Biden bot speech. As a reminder, this is in complete broken English because it was written by a computer. It makes no sense. It's absolutely hysterical, and I'm going to try really hard to read it all without laughing. So for tweet of the day, let's get into another script. <clears throat> On a stage stands Joe Biden. He smells a podium from behind. A crowd roars knowing Joe's nose smells America's woes. Joe Biden. I have been Delaware and Vice Obama. Now is time for you to put me in a home, the white home. A crowd chants, Biden, <laughs> bidet 2020. Okay, <laughs> yes, okay. Joe Biden continues. You want president that fights four Americans. I will fight five. Vote Doug <laughs> Biden to find out which six. <laughs> Gets better. <laughs> Joe unfurls his lips. His teeth shine unreal and wrong, kept strong from biting wifey fingers. Joe Biden. Bernie wants free school, free doctors, free willy. How does Bernie want to pay? With malarkey money. Crowd boos. Malarkey is name of a gremlin Trump built. If you bad, malarkey flushes your toilet 15 times as terrorism. Joe Biden. When I younger, I had a bully named Kitchen Steve. <laughs> and he stole my legs for a long weekend. Did I cry? No, I put my fist in a mailbox and a mailman delivered Kitchen Steve a letter of hurt. That was 2016. The crowd cheers that Joe can remember things maybe well. Joe Biden. We are United States, but states not united. Hawaii swims away. Nobody knows where Alaska went. I say stick them together. Get the glue. Joe pulls a handful of glue out of his glue pocket. The crowd <laughs> speaks and echoes. Go, Joe, go, Joe, go, Joe. Joe looks around. Joe Biden. Who is this Joe go? He better not bite my wife. That's my finger food. Joe stares ahead with confident confusion. The gremlin malarkey dances and cackles in the crowd. Joe points at him. Look who it is. It Bermney Sanders. <laughs> Keaton Patty, you're a genius. You're a genius. Check out his Twitter page. There is a bot written script for hundreds of things. There is a book he made, a whole book. I have it. It's spectacular, and I love when I get to highlight. So there you go. Now, before the break, Shane said, mention the naked gun. I imagine most of you who are listening right now have heard of or seen the naked gun, but if you haven't, it is a 1980s comedy masterpiece. It is a slapstick mm -hmm. styled film with Leslie Nielsen starring as Lieutenant Frank Drebin. It's a parody of cop movies and cop dramas and it's so over the top and timeless. It's absolutely fantastic. It is an untouchable movie. I've seen it at least 50 times and it never gets old. However, I saw news about the naked gun that made me angry. Liam Neeson says that Seth MacFarlane, the man behind Family Guy, has approached him to star in a reboot of the naked gun. That would be hmm. the first time they've worked together since... 
A Million Ways to Die in the West, which I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's horrible. It's horrible. It is such a bad movie. It's not funny. Seth MacFarlane is really like he's not likable in the movie at all. You know, in Ted, he was good. He's very good at playing animated characters, directing comedy films, though. Uh, not so much. In an interview between uh, Neeson and People, in which Liam Neeson discussed how he plans to retire from action movies, he opened the door for other type of movies like comedy, and he mentioned the Naked Gun series. Okay? It is untouchable. Don't you dare touch this one. Because here's the thing. You could write a hilarious script, but remakes or reboots never have the same heart or understanding of the source material like the originals. And this is one of those movies where you could make it as funny as you want, but I just don't think you'll be able to capture the wit of Leslie Nielsen and the way that film was presented. And here's some examples. I'm going to play you some of the best moments. Uh, now, there is plenty of other great moments, like the nice beaver line, but those are a lot of visual gags. So here are some of the funniest audio gags I could get for you. And you tell me you think anybody could recreate these. Lieutenant, the feeling is mutual. Uh, Cuban? Uh, no, Dutch-Irish. My father was from Wales. I've heard police work is dangerous. It is. That's why I carry a big gun. Aren't you afraid it might go off accidentally? I used to have that problem. And what did you do about it? I just think about baseball. Same old story. Boy finds girl, boy loses girl, girl finds boy. Boy forgets girl, boy remembers girl. And girl dies in a tragic blimp accident over the Orange Bowl on New Year's Day. Goodyear? No, the worst. I couldn't believe it was her. It was like a dream. But there she was, just like I remembered her. That delicately beautiful face. And a body that could melt a cheese sandwich from across the room. And breasts that seemed to say... Hey, look at these. <laughs> yeah, like it, it is an untouchable yeah. comedy film. It's untouchable. Um, yeah. You know, the str- like the straight faced, you know, Leslie Nielsen, aside from being a good Canadian kid, you know, mm-hmm. was just like the king of just like straight faced comedy. Yeah. Like just being hilarious and, and not being like, you know, like a Jim Carrey or I like guess Sam Kinison or yeah. something like that. Just like that's a great comparison. Yeah, and and Dry. and the movie is like so untouchable that even even OJ Simpson cannot retroactively ruin it. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.